Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. It's 25 minutes after 10 here on SFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. Let's welcome our A-team guest who's no stranger to the side of uh, the A-team, He's an entrepreneurial and enterprise development mentor, and he supports uh, initiatives for South Africans who want to get into business, no matter what sphere it is. Today we're talking about a profitable um, area of farming, custard beans, something that I never thought of. And I'm sure some of you are keen because you are looking at uh, getting into this particular farming industry, but not sure of what to take up. Well, this is what we are going to be talking about. A-team is if you've got questions around uh, the discussion of custard bean farming, please do ask your questions around how profitable it is and how you can start off. Google Letter is going to be able to help you. Remember, you can call in on 011-714-2006 or you can WhatsApp on 0614-104107 and SMSs go to 41391. Our SMSs are charged at 150. A very good evening, Google. How are you this evening? I'm very tired Good evening, Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) I've been driving from our seminar in the Eastern Cape, as we announced on this show. Um, From Umtata, it went exceptionally well, so we just arrived in Devon. My goodness, you are tied for a good cause. How was the seminar? Because I know the Eastern Cape was rearing to have you there, and uh, there was even an A-team who called in and said, look, they want to make sure that they meet up and link up with you um, as you come in for these seminars. How was it? It was absolutely wonderful and very, very fascinating for me to have to have. Uh, um, I mean, have uh, a lot of young people uh, attending. Uh, we're discussing all these topics that we talk about here, uh, because when we go there as well, we don't just discuss for the sake of discussing, but we give them contracts so that they can know that they are farming for profits. It was amazing, and I think everybody was excited. Mm. What what was the main uh, topics of discussion for the seminar? Uh, yeah, the first one was the ocean's economy, actually. Um, you, you know, in South Africa, we've got the largest um, uh, size of our, of our uh, sort of like part of Africa being the sea. And we're enlightening them about the opportunities that are there and even talking to the artisanal fishermen, those that have got an interest in fishing. So you remember we had what's called Operation Pakisa in different various other uh, sectors of economy that includes the ocean, ICT, that was spearheaded by the former president, which is the problem of government at the moment. Uh, so we're talking about that. We're talking about goats. Bendulo was there discussing the, the goats and, and all of those things. We're talking vermiculture, the worm farming. Uh, we're talking quite a lot of uh, topics that we only touch on in this show. Well, uh, maybe for our A-teamers who um, missed some of our sessions here on the show, let's do a quick recap because y- your your seminar in the Eastern Cape was clearly a holistic one to introduce uh, the people that were part of the seminar to the various aspects of business that are available and uh, that you as a mental omnoto can help them uh, to enter into and expand on. I- I'd like us to talk, um, maybe recap around, I mean, we've spoken about the profitable um, and the value chain of 
goat farming, we've talked about rabbit farming, furniture, uh, the importance of mentorship and business coaching. So, yeah, let's do a recap. Let's start with the goats. Mpendulo that you are talking about is uh, a, a young man who I now follow because of our discussions, who yeah. has started a, a formidable uh, business that is encouraging the consumption of goat meat because it's healthier but not only that the packaging and everything else is so beautiful talk to us about the goat industry and just give us a recap indeed as a recap uh, patricia we spoke about goat farming as one of those um ventures that people can participate in because uh in south africa like many other um commodities this is one of the uh highly you know we, we import a lot of goats uh, into the into the country coming from Namibia and many other parts of 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 the of the country even maybe in Wazulu Natal importing from other provinces actually Wazulu Natal remember we said uh, there is a study that came out a couple of years ago which said KZN alone imports a billion rand worth of goals because people are slaughtering uh, especially for traditional purposes but we're taking this up in a way of saying. You've got Cabrito, which is the equivalent of lamb, and you've got Chevron, which is the equivalent of just the the, the, the sheep meat, as it were. So this is where we're just emphasizing on the importance of this sector that we need to breed more goats and have people that are going to farm for business. As you know, that uh, many people were not aware or are not aware that you can have goat curry, goat stew, and I mean, the young man we spoke is speaking about, and many others, by the way, who are now coming up in mushrooming, they are now so educated about this, and they are even supplying the market when it comes to goat meat, which is such a very important thing. So we are activating the sector through its entire uh, sort of value chain, where we we are saying goat skin, um, the, 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 the excretion of the of the goat can be used. Uh, for production of production of gas, methane, um, and everything else, basically in a life of an animal is usable. So there's nothing that you throw away. So that's a, that, that's a topic that we touched on uh, earlier on in our uh, conversations. And, uh, you know, talking about rands and cents when it comes to the goat industry and uh, goat farming, I mean, um, you, you spoke to us about the fact that a lot of people consume it here in South Africa, but there's also a huge export market for um, goat meat, and that is where people are, are, are coining it. Is it still very accessible for uh, people who want to enter into goat farming to enter into it now, given the fact that there are some challenges we are facing economically? Actually, you know, uh, Mantul, as you are saying, we are um, uh, sort of like we open markets, both local and international. As a matter of fact, in June, we are going to Turkey, where we are having uh, all of these things that we always talk about, activating markets broadly in the entire space of agriculture, because this truly for me, I believe, is an era for Africa. Africa having over 65% of the Arab land really is the God, is the, is, is the is the, what to call um, uh, the garden of the entire world. Uh, we need to be farming more on everything that has to do with agriculture. So we were then talking about markets, which is very much available locally as well as internationally. If you look at your Arabic countries, for instance, they rely so much on other countries, you know, uh, exporting to them in, te in terms of 
all types of food. So we've got those markets um, here in our hands, and that is why we are pushing that people, especially in the rural areas, and trying again to deal with the triple uh, challenges of unemployment, uh, poverty, and inequality, and saying, take this boat business as a serious business. Don't just do it for fun and do it then. Because literally, if you go to Limpopo, for instance, I've been there a number of times. Almost every home has got some boat of some sort. But we are saying, let's get this and make it a business. So, A-teamers, if you are keen and you've got questions in getting into goat farming, please call in, ask your questions, give us your testimonies if you're already in the industry. Uh, 0614-104-107, is our WhatsApp number, or you can call in on 011-714-2006. We also spoke about rabbit farming, and this was another one. I thought these were cute and cuddly little uh, pets to have, but yo, the market has become so expensive. Absolutely, rabbit. By the way, suddenly, Gunene was part of the Eastern Cape uh, speakers today, talking about rabbits. Again, here we talk about rabbits, but bring in markets, uh, so that people will know that for as little as ten thousand rand, you can start a business of rabbits, because these little cutie animals that. Uh, as some people tend to just love to cuddle, they are part of the meat value chain. And in uh, so in other words, you can eat it um, and use its skin. It's very fluffy, soft, and beautiful. Um, and they give birth like rabbits, as the saying goes, um, you know, with two wombs and being able to produce literally up to 10 uh, small anyana rabbits and which means with just one, you can per annum have 66. So we're talking about this uh, very important uh, sector of economy to say rapid business is a serious business and people must take it seriously. And we need to focus on those, you know, uh, small sectors that sometimes may look insignificant, but they can bring a serious change on our uh, entrepreneurial landscape. Mm. And uh, also, there's an export market there and a local market. And you told us that, I mean, uh, rabbits, it's not just the meat that was being consumed. There was so much to it. There was a bigger value chain. Share that with us, please. Absolutely. A value chain, just like all these businesses, like goods we talk about here on this show, where you must understand that they, they to take care of the rabbits. For some people, I think we're saying, you remember uh, one of our ATMs from the Eastern Cape talking about, uh, you know, how do you farm these rabbits because they get scattered and run all over the shore. No, we say no. You put these uh, rabbits in a system. You you sort of like in a, in a four-room house or a bedroom where you put them on cages and farm properly and make sure that in terms of feed, uh, you know what they need to eat. You know, they eat those pellets, they eat those cabbages, they eat all those types of things that you know rabbits like. But, you know, formerly these pellets that are meant for, for, for these rabbits, you've got your New Zealanders, you've got your Californians, which, by the way, is the breed of some of these rabbits. Was Previously, there was nothing called Californian rabbit. But you those types of different species of rabbits which are meant to have more meat because the, the meat of a rabbit tastes like a chicken. And um, uh, so it's part of the white meat. And therefore, there is a need for white meat uh, in South Africa and the entire globe. 
So we said, therefore, you look at it from the whole value chain and say there's a skin usage, there's urine, which is used as well, and there is, um, you know, all the droppings of the of the of the rabbit, all the way up to uh, the entirety of this rabbit. So that's what we are discussing uh, on the show, uh, Patricia. So for those who are saying, I'm keen, the rabbit farming is one I want to get into. I want more information. Please let us know. Gugu is here. He's on the line and he can be able to assist. So Gugu, furniture, that's another one. Yes. That's another one. Bespoke pieces. Um, And you even have someone who's part of Amadou Mnoto who's thriving in this particular industry. Actually, ever since our show, Patricia, it's very encouraging to see how many people are now wanting to be part of the furniture business. We spoke about it as well from the point of view that South Africa has got trees, natural trees, and those trees that are planted like gum trees, etc. All of those things, they form part of the entire furniture value chain, whether you're talking furniture in terms of the household uh, or the furniture or, uh, or whatever that comes from the tree being trimmed and used to make sure that uh, I'm a plan where you've got all of those types of things. So we spoke about this as a serious business to be party to, as well as that if you look at South Africa, Bumalanga, uh, I think, uh, was number one, if I'm not mistaken, then followed by Wazulu Natal and other provinces in terms of production of trees. But you, you, you look at rural areas, you look at districts, which have got so many trees, but lacking just one facility which should be value-adding. As an example, I made mention of my own district where I come from, the Zuland district, where you've got lots of trees which forms part of the comparative advantage of the entirety of that space with about a million people, but you do not have a furniture manufacturing facility. These are things that we must change. These are opportunities that entrepreneurs must look into aligning themselves with the policy government, uh, policy framework of government, especially your provincial uh, um, uh, growth strategy framework and district plans and saying let them position themselves accordingly in these sectors and subsectors of economy and create some economic activities and therefore uh, making their businesses strive. All right, there's a voice note here from an A-teamer talking about goats. Hey, good evening, Patricia and Ugo. Good. Uh, the topic is interesting about goat farming. I remember some years back when I was still a, 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 a little boy with uh, goats here at home, you know. Uh, one thing I like about goats having them here, we, we used to milk it. The milk of a goat is very yummy yeah, and it's very healthy, like, like, like cow, and it's more, more, more tastier than the ones from the cow. That's what I like about goats. This is Marvel. Slawolin Bushpark Ridge. Thank you. Yeah, hey, uh, you and I both, Marvel. I love goat meat and I'm so excited. I'm going to be having goat meat. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, yeah, um, here's A team is attesting to the fact that goat meat is awesome, Google. And um, I just so wish that a lot of us could get into, even if it's just subsistence farming of uh, goats and uh, rabbits, you know, a, a small scale to feed us and our communities, um, even if it's just that for food security and we see how prices are rising all the time 
there is something unlike, especially in Limpopo, where you have uh, um, quite a lot of families having a, a tree of avocado and a tree of this a tree, a tree of this a crop, etc. I, I really believe that it's about time that we start adopting that nationally, where we have got um, a little bit of uh, goats behind our yard, a little bit of uh, you know the garden for vegetables. But you know, Patricia, I'm sure you've seen how expensive food is. Food is just going right through the roof. And for us, it's so important that as a nation, we start thinking those innovative ways of taking care of ourselves, including goat milk, because goat milk is one of the healthiest as well and very, very good. Some people don't even know that you can milk a goat. As, as Marvel is, is talking there about goats in Pomalanga, you do need, uh, we do need to drive that, you know, that the, the, those teachings about the importance of farming, even if it's your chickens, just a, a few chickens behind so that you can slaughter and cut down some costs, you know. Yeah. I agree with you, absolutely. Here's another voice note. This one is on the rabbits. I'm very keen to get into that rabbit farming. Uh, we have enough land in the Tsitsikama. So I'm very much interested in uh, in this rabbits. Can you give us more info, please? Uh, Chief Sidwell Franz here from the Tsitsikama area. Thank you. Yeah, so here's someone uh, who wants more info on the rabbits. Maybe let's just do a quick recap and how they can get assistance all the way in the Tsitsikama. Absolutely, yes. We the help is on the way uh, there in Tsitsikama. We have got um, um, a WhatsApp number and an email that you can use to email me or WhatsApp me so that you can either be part of that WhatsApp group because we conduct trainings for people that want to be part and parcel of each of these uh, sectors of economy, as we are saying. Our number is 0822-522217 or google to at adamopix.co.za A-D-A-M-O-P-I-X or on our Facebook page, Amanda Omnoto, we update a whole lot of things there which can help you a great deal. Absolutely amazing. Google, let's take a quick break and then we get into today's topic. We've spoken uh, a recap. I think it was much needed for our A-teamers and we are talking now the profitable business of Custer Bean Farming. It is a quarter to 11, A-teamers. At 11 o'clock, I just want to remind you that we're going to have the final news bulletin uh, with Mudupi Mahalimela. But right now, we are speaking uh, business and we are talking uh, the profitable business of custard bean farming. If you've never thought of it, well, make sure you're taking down notes because it's something that can take you to the next level. So, Gugu, I- I'm asking myself, you know, when I think of custard, I want to say castor oil. (laughs) And then I think of childhood memories. (laughs) My mom with the slipper in the hand, an orange that has been cut, and uh, a spoon with castor oil. (laughs) So it's not good memories. However, um, I know that the custard bean is one that is... is, is, got multiple uses. So let's talk about this particular beautiful plant. Yes, I think you are not alone, Manduli, who thinks exactly like that. When you think of castor, you just think of castor oil and say, yeah, that is 
bodies to go down our throats and uh, it wasn't nice at all. But castor uh, beans comes from the castor seeds, right? They are obtained from the, I mean, castor plants, right? And this, this, this has been used many years ago as, as chief ingredients in a variety of medicines. Uh, they are rich in different types of acids, you know, oleic acid, resinoleic acid, and, and you name them. All those types of acids that are extremely beneficial for the human health. Um, you know, along with fatty acids, castor acids are all, all, all also rich in carbohydrates and calcium and all sorts of things. But it's so interesting. This is, again, one, um, you know, sector that we decided to look into uh, for the past uh, few years uh, and only to realize that it's not only what you and I know about as a, as a product of, uh, you know, castor oil. Actually, some people didn't even know that castor oil comes from the castor seeds. And, uh, and yet it is such a very beneficial uh, a, a sort of crop that can make people money because its usage is so wide. It goes uh, into the area of uh, chemicals. Do you know the paints? There are some paints that are made out of the castor. It is used in uh, varnishes. It's used in uh, in fiber as a fiber and the production of of all of those things, including plastics. You know, so. There is so much usage of this. Actually, some of the benefits goes right across, uh, even for women in terms of menstrual pains, um, and many other things that this particular acid helps people with. With the many uses of this particular um, seed or this bean and the entire plant, why is it that it has not been commercialized for people to get into uh, farming? I don't remember hearing anyone saying, I farm custard beans. That, that, that's where we came in because, you know, we always like to, 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 to think of ourselves as being uh, clinicians when it comes to economy because we want to go and understand literally sector and subsector by subsector and understand what is... Um, sort of like, what, 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 why are we having the castor oil? So in our search, we realized that actually there are people who are farming castor uh, uh, plants in South Africa, but there's not many of them. And guess what? The country that is leading in Africa in terms of farming castor is Zimbabwe, right? And Zimbabwe has been farming this for many years. As a matter of fact, some of the seeds that we plant now in South Africa are coming from Zimbabwe. And we realize that it's a huge opportunity. There are even the companies, you know, your, your, your beauty, uh, your skincare type companies, they're using this uh, seed a lot once they've uh, extracted out of them the oil because the oil can go up to 60%. That small little seed has oil content of up to 60%. So, and... What is even more interesting, Emanduli, is the fact that this is the seed that you plant once for in seven years, and you harvest it three times per annum. Every fourth month, you are harvesting this seed, which means three times per annum you harvest it, and you never have to replant it next year like your maize, like your 
your your your other seeds, uh, uh, you know, like beans, etc. So, which means it's a very profitable uh, uh, crop that people haven't been aware about. So we haven't been aware about it, and you are now putting out the, the the grand information for a person who's listening right now, saying, "I want to consider getting into this particular type of farming." What sort of square meters or hectares do you have to have for it to be profitable? I, I want us to play with uh, with numbers a little bit uh, okay. between you and me. I hope you do have a calculator. <laughs> no, no, you, right. you are the guy with the money. I mean, I'm just going to listen. <laughs> Right, so um, you know what? You just need a thousand rand to start planting one hectare. One hectare. Wait, wait, of, wait, please repeat that. A thousand rand. A thousand rand to buy the seeds. This excludes the cost for mechanization mm. and, and fertilizer, of course, but mm. it's one of the cheapest. In other words, a thousand rand to purchase the one hectare, five kg seeds will be suitable, right? Okay. And uh, then. This 1,000 rand produces for you, which means one hectare. You will have planted one hectare for the next seven years, of course, having to upkeep, take care of it and all that. Uh, for Then you harvest it. You know, some, some of these seeds, I've seen that, uh, Patricia, with my own eyes, because we're doing this thing daily. Some of these seeds, within three seconds, that month, they start sprouting, they start producing seeds, some of these uh, plants. So which means three times on average. And you, you harvest on average five tons per hectare, right? Right? Five tons, sorry, five tons per year. And that's, what, that's how much you, you harvest. Wait, a is ton it five tons? Per annum. Per right? annum, okay. Yeah. And, and by the way, you can harvest up to 10 to 15 tons per annum, depending on the soils and all of that. So one ton on average can range anything between five and 15,000 rand, right? But if you put it conservatively, at 5,000 rand a ton times five tons per annum, you are talking a yield of 25,000 rand per annum per hectare. That sounds small, but listen to me carefully. If you divide that by three, that 25,000 rand, divide by three times that you harvest, you are having about 8,300 rand every four months, right? And that 25,000 rand multiplied by seven, seven years, so you can see it's about 175,000 rand. But if you then extrapolate the figures and say you are doing 10 hectares, which 10 hectares many people have across the country, you are talking 250,000 rand per annum on average which means about 83,000 rand every fourth month harvesting, right? After harvesting. And then you multiply that uh, uh, 250,000 times seven years, then you're talking about 1.75 million rand. So now we can move and say a, a, a hundred hectares, you, you, you're talking 2.5 million rand per annum at 850,000 rand or so every fourth month. This is exactly what is happening right now. This is what people are doing on amandlum not or harvesting and selling these types of uh, of products. Okay, so this uh, takes me back to a discussion we had around macadamia nuts, right? Yes. It yes. sounds like the custard bean is much more affordable and it's got a great yield. Mm? Yeah. It sounds like yeah. 
if you've got enough patience to wait for seven years and seven years is so quick but but it can yield something really great i'm very keen let's go and hear what our a-teamers have to say around this hi patricia that caster seed whatever it is what does it take what does it what nutrients does it need what kind of manure or what you need to be able to cultivate it well for it to do well yes it was take seven years being the same plant but what do you need to tend it to keep it well i don't know gugu you're not very technical but maybe you can assist us i know you're not a okay. farmer yourself <laughs> right mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh, maybe let me just emphasize this it doesn't take seven years it means what what i meant by seven years is you plant it once in seven years, uh -huh. which, which means you never have to plant it the next year. But you harvest, the, this is what, what is this? this is March. As soon as you plant it now in March, April, May, June, July, you start harvesting, right? And then you start harvesting every four months thereafter, right? So that's what I just thought I need to emphasize on that. Okay, so, makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. so which means for the next seven years, unlike maize where you plant it, Every year, you clear the field, start planting again, right? So that's a beauty about this tree that it's going to produce you wonders um, for the next seven years where you just have to take care of the, the soils and make sure that the weeds are taken care of properly. The type of, uh, of, of, of manure, you know, even the, the cow manure or the, the cow dung or the manure that you buy from the shops, you know, you use that same manure just to do it once and then maintain it thereafter. They, we, we, we have technical people that will always come and teach and train. Uh, for those that may even want to know more, we can send them a Zoom recording so that you fully listen to it in your spare time. And, and as, as our expert takes you through the entire process of how to plant custard. Oh, oh my goodness! You know what? I'm, I'm, I think A teamers are probably just as excited as I am around this yeah. particular. I think it's a discovery or an eye opener of uh, an industry to get into, especially if you're keen on farming. Here's a question: It says, once planted, castor seeds. I never had problems with pests, so they are also pest repellent. Then, yes, definitely they are. Actually, they are very much pest repellent, and the beauty part is. Um, the, 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 your livestock, your cows, your goats don't eat it. You know, I, I, I must, however, caution that uh, because we've been monitoring this at some point, uh, one of our farmers said, "Hey, the goats came and ate this thing." I don't know what type of goats were those, <laughs> but generally, <laughs> they, generally they do not eat this. I've seen all the livestock just going past it because. It grows naturally even if you just check in some areas across the country on the side of the roads, you'll see a pasta umsaguva in Zulu. I don't know what yeah. you say, Kasi Sutu. I, I was telling Brabenzito that. I said, Brabenzito, we're speaking about umsaguva today. He said, Koko, what's that? I'm like, yes, it is. Zulu. We know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's, that is the type of the sit. I'm sure every African language has got its uh, authentic name as to what it is. With an investment as little as 1,000 rand for a hectare minimum, obviously that's just for the seeds and there's other things that you need to um, incorporate, like, you know, fertilizers and everything else you've mentioned. 
when a person wants to get into um, planting and farming and the value chain, getting onto the market, how easy is it to get onto the market? Because now I've planted, now I've got, I mean, my three, four months have gone past, I'm ready to harvest. How will I get onto the market? Is the market remember last, accessible? Remember, Mantu, the last time we spoke about the entrepreneurial ecosystem that we've developed, which has to do with giving support financially through us having linkages with funding institutions, both public and private. And this time around, when it comes to this uh, type of uh, uh, crop, we have already secured a market. All what we do is to train people, um, essentially to give them, let them buy the, some seeds, then we give them the method as to how they need to farm, and then uh, after that they sign a contract, then they supply one of our uh, off-takers within the ecosystem, and it's as simple as that. Well, it sounds very simple, but obviously if you're a first-timer, you'd need to um, get trained, you'd need more information, read up and be linked up to this beautiful ecosystem that you have. Google, because of our time, I think we can wrap up now. Uh, what is your your one thing that you want us to remember as A-teamers when it comes to this profitable uh, bean, this profitable and beautiful way of uh, making an income in the farming industry? This plant is going to be growing in leaps and bounds, uh, in particular because we are going to be, we are now talking about uh, being environmentally sensitive to anything that we do, including the blending of our own petrol that comes from underground and uh, your crude. So there is a lot of great opportunities about this plant. People must look out for it. Go research, uh, just you know, Google, find more about this plant and then connect to us on 0822-52217 and we can see how we assist you. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so very much. Please also give us uh, the social media handles because it's always nice to be able to see the great work that you're doing at Amandla Omnod. Yeah, it is um, google2.g.plaba that is our Twitter thing handle and, uh, but in the main we use our Facebook page which is Amandla Omnoto. Uh, uh, Amanda Omnot on the Facebook. We update a whole lot of things there and, uh, and post as to what's going to be happening next. Excellent. Thank you very much, Google. It's always such a great pleasure. Indeed. Thank you so much, Mentor. A-teamers, it's 11 o'clock on the dot. Let's go to Mudupi Mahalimela with the final news bulletin for the day. Mudupi, hola.